Well, welcome back, everybody. My name is Lena Abujamra, and I am the host of the Living with Power Hope podcast. I am so glad you've tuned in. We are spending our time together uh, focusing on Jesus and renewing our hope week after week. And right now we're in a leadership special edition of the Hope Podcast. And uh, uh, we're coming here to the last semester. If you think of uh, these, uh, uh, the series that we have right now in, in quarters, we're in the last quarter. So that's good if you're ready to move on from leadership. But if you've really enjoyed uh, this series, I would love to hear from you. So why don't you let me know at lena at livingwithpower.org. You can also catch back all of the episodes uh, on our uh, iTunes podcast, the Hope Podcast, or download our app, the Living With Power app, for a ton of beautiful resources free for you. So uh, we just want you to be equipped in your Christian walk. Whether you're a leader or not, we welcome you. And today, uh, we're going to focus our attention on everyday challenges that every leader faces. And uh, as usual, I had some thoughts together. And then as I I got closer to recording, I I reformatted them into three big ideas. And, you know, I think I'm going to, we've been using Jesus as our prime example of the perfect leader. And he is in so many ways. And I want to read you some verses from the Garden of Gethsemane. I've tried to frame every episode on some aspect of Jesus and the way that he lived and led. uh, And and, uh, hoping and praying that we would become a little bit more like him every week. And so let me read you a little bit of the story at Gethsemane, and it will make sense when I give you three um, points uh, that are probably the biggest challenges that every leader faces. Uh, It says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and uh, found him, uh, found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he, found, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And, um, of course, one of the most moving, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture. And if you are familiar with the Word of God, then you're familiar with the Garden of Gethsemane account. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, uh, just a very um, crucial passage of scripture leading to the crucifixion and just the acme of Jesus's leadership here. How did he manage this? Well, he certainly is facing a challenge, uh, a future that is uh, going to be hard. How, how do you navigate those difficult uh, roads that you're on as a leader, difficult decisions? And so uh, everyday challenges leaders face. I, I, I came up with three. They're sort of big ideas, uh, and I think you'll connect with some of them. Here's the first. Um, one of the biggest challenges that you and I will face in our leadership is moving forward when we're in a place of uncertainty. Moving forward when we're in a place of uncertainty. That is challenging, and it's easy to make the wrong decision. So many of us, if we're at the Garden of Gethsemane, rather than plowing through in prayer and reaching a point of surrender to the Lord, uh, we might run. We might escape. We might now find plan B. We might fight. We might try to negotiate. We might um, 
you know, a million things. Uh, but the right thing uh, comes to Jesus through prayer and through surrender. And so if you're in a place of uncertainty, I think a challenge is to stop and think about what's confusing in this moment. Try to, try to go from, you know, you ever just as a leader have a general sense of uncertainty and confusion? I do a lot. And, and, and I'll sort of know where I'm going. But, and a lot of it is, is, is because of fear in us. We're going to talk about fear and anxiety in a couple of weeks. But, but because of this blanket of fear, it can be very confusing. And, it's, and we just have this automatic sort of knee-jerk response of fear. And it makes us paralyzed as opposed to seeing clearly the way to go. And I think it's very important to slow yourself down in those moments and to think clearly through, all right, what am I doing here? And what's at stake? And what is most confusing about the situation? And what makes it confusing? And sometimes it's simply a matter of redefining your goals. What are you called to do? And if you're following the goals of somebody else, then you might find your road very confusing. But if you look at what God has called you to do, it may just be a matter of trusting him in the place of confusion. You might not need to escape the place of pain, but surrender yourself and submit yourself to the painful places in your life and, uh, and to move forward and to, to make that right next decision. So don't rush forward. But you certainly want to move forward in prayer. And uh, that meant for Jesus taking time out. He didn't sleep during that time out. He might have been tired. He might have been so worried that he couldn't get his mind quieted down to pray. But he did. And I think that is a key when we've talked in the weeks past of this importance of cultivating the inner life. This, this quiet time with God. Uncommon communion where you're listening to the Spirit of God. This is the magic of this time it is the time where you hear the spirit of god speak to you and in the quiet of your heart you know all right i may not know all of the steps forward but i know the next step forward and um, despite the 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 chaos of it and despite the attacks that you might face moving forward you make the right decision because it's pleasing unto the father so that is a challenge that people leaders in particular face moving forward when you're in a place of uncertainty here's another one feeling hopeful when you're in a place of discouragement, okay? Leading through discouragement is one of the most challenging things you will have to do. Uh, Make no bones about it. Leaders get discouraged. You will get discouraged. You might be discouraged right now. And just because you're discouraged doesn't give you uh, out. Oh, time out, I'm out. I'm gonna take a sabbatical. Uh, I had somebody tell me recently, I was feeling a bit stressed. They said, why don't you take a six month sabbatical? And it's a great idea. And listen, there are times where you need a sabbatical, but the truth is that you can't take a sabbatical every time you face discouragement. And there's so many reasons for discouragement. We've covered some of those reasons, rejection, criticism, um, uh, failure, uh, redirected paths, you know, unfulfilled dreams, unmet expectations, on and on. There's so many things, unexpected circumstances that come out of nowhere, family issues, people, personnel changes. And it can just discourage you because you've poured yourself into your area and you have a vision for a certain thing. And then all of a sudden, bam, everything in your, in your framework changes. How do you feel hopeful when you're in a place of discouragement and when you feel overwhelmed? Um, well, I mean, here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, uh, Jesus, I mean, not sinfully, but he feels discouraged. You can, you can hear it in his prayer. Well, he says it. My soul is very sorrowful even to death. And he, the guy in, in one of the Gospels says he, he dripped blood from the sweat because he was so burdened over what was to happen. Overwhelmed, um, yes. Uh, to sin, no. But, but certainly the weight of the cup that he was about to drink was heavy upon him. And yet there's hope. How? Where? Well, hope in the Father. 
not my will, but yours be done, God. And so this constant ability to align himself to the will of the Father, that is where hope is found. It's not in being relieved of the cup. That was Jesus' plan A, <laughs> if you can relieve me of the cup. But obviously he came to die. Over and over in the Gospels he said that. So he knows what he's coming to do. So obviously passing the cup is not an option. And still he prays it. Why? Because he, he longs for that. And yet when he realizes this is not gonna, this is not an option for our salvation, um, he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And there is in that prayer a sense of utter hopefulness and peace. And you know that he has it in the chapters to come because he walks through this trial unfrazzled. He doesn't get mad. In fact, he doesn't say much. There is just an aura of peace about Jesus. Why? Well, because he knows how the story ends. You see, that's hope is knowing how the story ends. Hope is knowing that God has already won the victory. That yes, it, it might be painful, but there's a reason for it. And it is under the sovereign care of God. And so um, what are you facing right now that is overwhelming you? Are you maybe in a pit of discouragement? Can I just infuse hope in you? Listen, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I can point you, though, to the example of how it can be done. And it starts on your knees. When you take time out, by the way, Peter got discouraged. John got discouraged. I mean, they all did. Why? Because they hadn't spent time communing with the Father. Jesus is the only one who seemed like he was able to tolerate the whole thing. In fact, when, when the woman and whatnot, they were all crying, he says, why are you crying for me? You know, like he was okay at that point. And, um, and so uh, everyday challenges leader face, uh, they're all over the place. I mean, they, they come at us, but I, was, I just want to focus it on some of those heart issues. Moving forward in your place of uncertainty, it's possible, but you got to do it. Um, aligned with the will of the Father. Number two, feeling hopeful when you're in a place of discouragement. Again, you it is possible to be hopeful in a place of discouragement. And if you're like me, start writing things out. Start writing out your praises and, and the things that are happening that God is answering and then commit things to prayer and leave them there. But here's the third, uh, practicing kindness when you're in a state of hurry. This is a challenge that, that, that leaders face. You're, you're always in a hurry. Things are happening that are out of your control and, and life is running at a million miles an hour and you can't keep up and you're spread thin and the more you're in leadership, the worse it gets. And, and you know it's hard to be kind when you're in a state of hurry. So that is a challenge that every leader will face. How do you learn to practice kindness when you're in a state of hurry? Well, uh, Dallas Willard would tell you that you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That the solution is not to learn how to practice kindness in hurry, but to slow it down a notch to turn down the knob and uh, to build margin in your life and to take time to be with the Lord. And, and many of us ignore that kind of advice, thinking that we can do it better, but it doesn't work this way. And so again, Jesus at Gethsemane is such a good example because he is not in a hurry. On the contrary, it's like a few hours before um, he gets taken to be crucified and he's just walking to the garden. He's there, he prays, and then well, when they finished, this is, I'm going to show you kindness. While he was still speaking, Judas comes up and kisses him and turns him over. And Jesus says to him, friend, what, do what you came to do. So they came up, laid hands on him and seized him. In chapter 26 of Matthew, verse 51. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? This is incredible. This is kindness. This is a savior, a leader, an incredible um, 
God, man, who over supersedes. He like he just sees this what's happening. He knows it. He's not lying to himself. He's not in denial. He knows how painful it's going to be, and yet chooses kindness. And he's not rushed. In fact, he's not rushed. He stops. He takes the ear. He fixes it. Still, the compassionate healer in the middle of this. Uh, how? Well, because his soul was restful. Why? Because he had peace. Why? Because he believed that the sovereign Lord was in control. Can I ask you today, do you believe that? Do you believe that the sovereign Father is in control of your life? I got to confess to you guys, I, uh, uh, it's not that I don't believe it. I believe it in my head. But I struggle as a leader sometimes when I'm in the middle of difficult daily challenges and challenges to my vision and what I want to see happening. I struggle with resting in the sovereignty of God. And I, I'm telling you, when, when I'm in that place, it's because typically I'm too rushed. I haven't slowed down. I'm not quieted down. I can't hear the comforting words of the Savior speak to my soul. But the minute I do settle down, there's freedom. And so really, again, you get to this. I mean, I have so many other thoughts on challenges that, that, that leaders face, things like, Nothing is harder in leadership than standing up for what you believe or, or nothing is harder in leadership than refusing to compromise on the majors uh, or nothing is harder in leadership than a willingness to compromise on the minors. Uh, talked about, I, I had some notes about dealing with conflict, although I'm going to cover this in the next session. I, I wrote a, a lot of ideas, but, but I stepped away from them because I think uh, just in the big picture, um, sort of overall vision of your leadership, it boils down to how do you move forward when you're uncertain? And that uncertainty can come in the human interactions and relational conflict. How do you feel hopeful when you're stressed and overwhelmed? And how do you continue to be the kind of leader that Jesus has called you to be, to practice kindness in a state of unhurry? All right? Um, it's possible, and we know it by watching Jesus. And so I, 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 I want to challenge you to take time to meditate on the story in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through uh, 54. You will be edified, and perhaps God might speak to you even more deeply on this. Uh, write down the things that you struggle with. Write them down and see where do they fit in these three categories, and then commit it to the Lord in prayer, and tell him the words that Jesus said to the Father. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And re- calibrate your vision to the way that Jesus lived and the vision for his life and align yourself to the plans of the Father for you and submit yourself to the plans of the Father for you. And when you do that, I promise you, you will find hope and you will find freedom. So on that note, if you need prayer, if you want to connect with me, got any ideas or feedback, send me an email at lena at livingwithpower.org. Hey, we'd love for you to check out our online merchandise store, shegiveshope.com. We've got plenty of materials there. Every dollar you spend on our store goes to helping the Syrian refugees in the Middle East, in Lebanon in particular, and in Syria. We continue to do work there. We continue to help. We can tell you all about it. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing through the local church there. Uh, so if you want to be part of it, check that out, shegiveshope.com. And for a ton of free resources for you, download our app, the Living With Power app. Hey, you can still subscribe to our podcast, get the past episodes, leave a review, share this with your friend, and know, above all, that you are deeply loved by God the Father. And uh, he's got a plan for you. Don't give up hope.